Welcome to Bleacher Bros, ladies and gentlemen. It is your host, John, uh, for the evening. I'm here with Derek on our weekly Stripes show. So here to talk some Yankees. Just the two of us tonight and Yankees Red Sox fan. So Yankees fan and a Red Sox fan, as everybody knows. So um, always a good, though. It's good because we get nice opinions and different takes on what's going on with the state of the Yankees and tonight especially is a great evening to talk about that as uh, we have a few big topics to talk about but as usual we like to start off with our first pitch um, throw it right down the middle to Derek Derek what's going on man so uh, I have a little bit of a surprise for everyone um, this is a thing where so, if you guys remember, if you've been listening to the show forever, you guys know I got COVID back in January, near the end of January, and I took it upon myself, while I had COVID, to get a little bit of knowledge. So, I took it, I took it upon myself to get a little bit of knowledge on something that I don't, I didn't know that well. And I know other people in the group did know well. Um, so I took a little bit of my time while I had COVID because I had literally nothing else to do. And I got myself entrenched into the WWE, which, as John and Luke have known, have others, you know, they're into it. I wasn't into it, although I never, re- I grew up never really just watched it, just wasn't a thing I ever, you know, got into or whatever. Figured, you know what? I have COVID. I have nothing else to do. The Royal Rumble was on. Screw it. I got nothing else to do. Nothing better to do with my time. It's the middle of January. There's nothing on TV. Might as well. This past weekend, because I'm in Florida, NXT, the WWE's developmental brand, they tore around Florida. This past weekend, they came to my town. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go. We're going to put a stamp on this. We're going to go just full blast into it, which I kind of already do. I can't just get into something and just dabble in it and have to go like dive head first straight into it and do deep dives on it so doing that for the last couple months but i went to my first ever wrestling show this past weekend nxt show i got my carmelo hayes shirt on right now actually that i got at the show i also got a Braun breaker shirt but um it was great I had a great time carmelo hayes if you don't know he's from framingham massachusetts for me a kid who grew up in massachusetts pretty cool um and he actually surprisingly it was a surprise to everyone he showed up there had a match that was cool, and then obviously, uh, we record on Tuesday nights. Yesterday, he had his first match on Monday Night Raw. Tonight, he's defending his NXT title on NXT, which conveniently I have on the TV. That's you can't off the screen, uh, to the right of me. Um, that I have it on mute and just kind of a little bit out of eyesight, but uh, it's there so I can uh, kind of see it. But yes, I've been making my little bit of a dive into the professional wrestling world. To be knowledgeable when the topic comes up. Uh, so I'm not out of the loop. Derek, I am so happy to hear that. So yes, you mentioned Luke and I are both wrestling fans. We grew up... Luke and I grew up uh, in our... Both were both 41 years old. We grew up during the perfect time. Because there was the rock and wrestling with Hulk Hogan. Where it really appealed to kids like us. And then as we got older... Dude, you just had the best wrestlers in the world, like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, they really, we could grow up with. And then it moved on to the Attitude Era with Stone Cold and The Rock. Can't forget The Undertaker. 
And then you being a bit younger, um, you have no reason to have ever watched wrestling because it was terrible throughout most of your life. But I am very glad to hear you're uh, checking it out. And if I'm correct, I believe Braun Breaker is actually the kid of one of the Steiner brothers. So if I were still he watching is, wrestling, yes. He, yes, he would be my favorite wrestler because he's a uh, I was a huge Steinbrenner's fan. I was a huge Steiner's, Steiner Brothers fan. The Steiner Brothers were freaks athletically. Even, like, for everyone kills Scott Steiner about doing steroids or whatever. I mean, he was huge early in his career, too. I mean, these guys were massive and just beasts. Like, I – just two badasses. So, Derek, that's awesome to hear. Uh, my first pitch, I wanted to throw it out there, was one. Um, I was telling Derek before we signed on, it was a long day. It'll work today. A long day. And uh, just so I'm enjoying, as we talk, I am enjoying a nice Starwood Nova whiskey. And we're not sponsored by them, though. I would be happily sponsored by them. You could just send me a bottle of your Starwood Nova whiskey, and I will sponsor you on the show. That's a fair deal. It's uh, Believe it or not, it's actually from Australia. And uh, what got me to buy it the first time was I liked the bottle. It was a pretty bottle. I like space, and it was pretty cool. And uh, I've been hooked ever since. So definitely one of the better whiskeys out there. And it's definitely cheered up my night. Uh, additionally, I had Whataburger for dinner tonight, which got me to thinking. So I have to ask Derek a question now. So a lot of places have like their regional fast food. Um, you know, in Texas, we have Whataburger is a good example, among others. Uh, Connecticut, we had Dutch's that I was a lot a go-to for me. Derek, is there anything in Florida that's like a Florida fast food kind of place that would be a go-to? Like decent food, better than McDonald's or Wendy's or those national um, garbage chains? Not, not where I'm at. Where I'm at, it's a mostly national chains, like just like your McDonald's, Wendy's. We do have a uh, place called Bubba Q's, which is like kind of a Florida chain, but the one that's closest to where I am had a uh, rat problem. Nice. Um, so safe to say, I haven't been there in like in years, and safe to say I'm not going back there. Um, they actually had to close down for a little bit. Um, so yeah, interesting tidbit there. But yeah, um, not not where I live, because uh, where I live, it's uh, I live in Citrus Springs, Florida. It's nothing but old people. There's nothing there. You have to go to one of the near neighboring cities to or slash towns. They're more like towns, but they call them cities because people in Florida are dumb. But yeah. Uh, we have to go somewhere else to just even just get groceries or whatever. There's nothing where I live. Well, Although everything's uh, only 20, 30 minutes away at the most, but st- it's still a little bit annoying because nothing's less yeah. than 10 minutes away. I get it. I actually live out outside of the San Antonio a little bit, so everything's a bit of a drive for me, but I don't mind it because I'm far enough away from that northeastern grind where the tra- there's no traffic down here, really. And so 30 minutes away is like 30 minutes of driving with no traffic. It's wonderful. Um, and any of our listeners, if you're ever on your way to Texas, need a recommendation about places to eat like that, uh, I can give you some suggestions for Whataburger um, combinations. Luke can do the same. And then, again, another sponsor that we hope to have one day, Torchy's Tacos. Try it out, folks. Uh, Luke and I can vouch for that. And the bartender can vouch for uh, myself and Luke because he remembers us. Because, you know, as you can imagine, when we go watch Yankee Red Sox games there, we are, have, we are memorable, to say the least. Um, so enough about that. I want to jump right into it. Uh, big news with the Yankees, Aaron Judge, torn the toe ligament, no timetable on when he's back. Sky is falling right immediately. Oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. 
I, the Yankees are done. They're doomed. But at the same time, the Yankees take two out of three from Seattle, who is underachieving this year. But still, I think, Derek, you would acknowledge a good, talented team uh, that could put it together at any time. And uh, then they take two out of three from the Texas Rangers, who, again, aren't necessarily playing their best baseball right now, but first place in the AOS and have a still a very good, solid team. So it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? And this is all while the Yankees seem to be ice cold. So how are they pulling this off? It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, so my question to you, Derek, is if Aaron Judge is out for an extended period of time, we're saying, like, let's say into August, even, God forbid, September, can the Yankees still be a playoff team? Or do you think they should be looking at the realization that maybe they sell off some of their guys that are on one year de- uh, on finishing out their contracts? The thing is, like, I think this, like, this Yankees team would still be a playoff team. Now, it's obviously going to be a wild card team. And, you know, when it comes to the wild, uh, the thing with the wild card race is you could play 500 ball all season and then go on a super hot streak for about two weeks and make the wild card. You play 500 ball with the exception of two weeks, and then you go on, like, a two week streak where you go, like, 12 and 1, and you're in the playoffs. That's essentially the wild card, right? And that's why there's so many teams in it. Because even if you're just around, sticking at 500, around 500, or a little bit over 500, you're going to be in it until we get to, like, September. And that's the thing with the wild card race, especially this year. Like, it, there's so many teams in that mix. The Yankees are will definitely be in that mix. It's can they come out of that mix and be one of those three wild card teams? That's the big question. The sooner they get judged back, the better. Um, and it goes back to like what I said this past offseason, and I've said it previously on our Yan- on the Yankee show that like the Yankees are pretty much running it back with the same crew. You know how do can you do the same thing over and over and expect the same result? Like that's literally the definition of of insanity: doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result each time. And so far, you look at the Yankees' lineup from last year to this year, the only change when everyone's healthy really is Anthony Volpe is playing shortstop. That's, like, the only change. And, yes, I still, I truly believe he has a bright future ahead of him. Hasn't had the greatest year so far. But I still believe he has a very bright future ahead of him. He's top five prospect in baseball for a reason, right? He was. Um, now it's for a reason. So he's got talent still. A little bit of a slow start. For him, kind of still kind of rough right now, but the talent is there. Um, but like I said, though, like that's that that's your only change to your lineup. And your big addition in the offseason was bringing in Carlos Rodon, who hasn't pitched this year. Like that's rough. And Nestor Cortez has struggled when he has pitched. And so I think this Yankees team now this Yankees team has gotten some decent contributions from Domingo Herman when he's pitching well, which. His last couple starts, he hasn't been pitching well. But when he's pitching well, he does good. Johnny Brito's had a couple good starts. He also had a couple bad starts, but he got recalled. And his last start had a very solid start. Um, so I think it's just getting getting what you can get out of the supporting cast. And yes, even the guys like Rizzo, Stanton, you know, LeMahieu Torres, they haven't had their best years. But you're seeing guys step up for this Yankees team. Look at a guy like a Billy McKinney, right? And he's massively stepped up. Jake Bowers has stepped up. Like they've had guys step up and play roles who you probably, if you if you would have told, I, I think if I would have told you at the start of the season, Aaron Judge is going to get injured. Stanton, 
Rizzo, LeMahieu, Torres aren't going to hit well, and Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers are going to be your two best hitters. You would have said Yankees are in last place probably, right? Like, and the but they're not right, and and those guys are filling the void. How long can they do it? I don't know, but it could also be a thing of maybe they cool down, but then two other guys get hot, right? Uh, so I think the Yankees just got to try and like like I said with the wildcard teams, you could pretty much be five hundred. For you know, about for all but just about two weeks of the season, and then you turn it on for like a two week stretch, and you're in the postseason. If the Yankees can stick around that wild card race and be in a wild card spot or just out of it, and you get a, someone like Judge back and he gets hot, like he can put that, he can put your team, he can put Aaron just put the Yankees on his on his back. We saw it last year, the whole regular season almost. We saw it. So the Yankees, although Judge seems like he'll be out for a while. The Yankees definitely aren't done. And honestly, too, when you start looking at their contracts and their one-year deals and it comes to, you know, looking at guys to sell, like, I'll use an example. Like, Josh Donaldson, he's on a one-year deal. So what? What are you going to get for him, right? I think that's part of a problem. Like, Luis Severino, like, yes, you could probably get something for him. Harrison Bader, yeah, you could probably get something for him. But it's it's going to be, like, somewhat limited because Severino, with the injury questions and, you know, Hasn't pitched amazing this year. Had a good start recently, but hasn't been amazing so far, right? And then Bader, like, you'll get something for him, but it's is it enough to where you're willing to trade him and forego that push for the wild card, for a wild card spot? I don't think it is. I think the Yankees they just got to stick at it, stay in the race, and hope to get Judge back as soon as possible and then see what happens. Cause, and I say this all the time, but I'll say it again. Just get into the postseason. Anything can happen once you get in. See, I am really concerned about the Yankees. I think they did, had a good weekend, and they did. They just took four out of six. It's It looks good, but I don't think they have enough, de- enough depth to get make an extended stretch without Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton is the only guy in this team right now at all that could carry a lineup. And I don't have the faith in him to do it. Uh, he looks lost, just absolutely lost. He's batting under 200, and it's only a matter of time until he gets hurt again. Uh, if I'm the Yankees, if Aaron Judge isn't back soon, and yeah, the Yankees are playing for wild card no matter what. If Aaron Judge isn't hurt right now, they're still playing for the wild card because Tampa just ran away with the division. Uh, the Yankees would not be catching Tampa, and they're really at this point. I mean, I don't think know if they'd be able to catch Baltimore, assuming Baltimore doesn't just collapse. So the Yankees are in a best case scenario, you know, second wild card spot. Houston's probably going to start playing better, so now you're looking really more at the third wild card spot. And if they are can't make noise, I mean, let's say Aaron Judge comes back September 1st. It's a real possibility. Aaron Judge comes back September 1st. It's it could be that late. Is he going to have his timing back? Is he going to be back in baseball shape? Is he going to be feeling comfortable at the plate going into the playoffs where Unfortunately, he struggled before. I think if you're really the Yankees are looking at the realism of the third place wild card, I think you do look into moving some of those guys. I think you can get. I do think someone's gonna would take Severino, uh, especially as the trade deadline gets a little closer. He's an electric arm. Yeah, there's obviously a bunch of question marks and concerns there. But if you're making looking to make a playoff push, you have a deep, deep farm system. You know, it doesn't hurt to take a chance. So I think Severino's got the most value out of anybody. And, you know, yeah, like Bader, there's injury concerns. I mean, uh, 
IKF's a utility player. Torres, like God only knows how streaky he is. So maybe you just take what you can get. Um, and I don't even know how many teams are going to be buyers because you start looking at the standings right now. Um, so take, for example, Arizona, your second favorite team. As you, as you know, first place in the NL West. I'm sure some of our listeners might not be aware of that. And that's a team with a stacked 26-man roster and a stacked farm system. So let's say they view Luis Severino as a potential arm, even as a fourth starter. Imagine having Luis Severino as your fourth starter going into the playoffs. Let's say that's what Arizona decides they want. Expiring contract anyway. What does it matter? Who cares if they give up a couple pieces or a couple extra pieces to get make that real World Series push? I mean, uh, because between right now, like it's Arizona and Atlanta is the two best teams in the NL, um, in my opinion anyway. And I don't know who the Yankees would be making too many deals with in the AL right now. Like, none of those central teams are really going to give up anything because they're not going to make a real legitimate playoff push. You're not trading with Houston. I'd have a severe, a serious issue if the Yankees made a deal with Houston and helped them get better. I would not be okay with that. Uh, I don't know where Texas is going to stand at that point. So at this point, now you're really looking, are you going to help Tampa get better? Are you going to help Baltimore get better? So there's not a lot of trade partners this year either. So it's like the worst, a bad year. It's looking to be a bad year for the Yankees to really be bottoming it out and having to be sellers because it's going to be more of a buyer's market than a seller's market this year. So there's so much concern and so much riding on this Aaron Judge injury. And there's so much pressure on this lineup, which is underachieved so far going into the season. So I am very, very, very concerned um, the longer the Aaron Judge misses. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back. Like, yeah, obviously the Yankees can't get stuff for Severino and Bader. Like, I do agree with that. I just, like I said, I think it goes back to, you know, is it worth, is is what you're going to get worth, you know, trading them away and kind of, not foregoing a playoff push, but especially knowing it's the Yankees and, where they are in their luxury tax situation, you know, people give the Red Sox crap for last year missing the playoffs and barely being over the luxury tax. Like, the Yankees aren't barely over the luxury tax. They're way over it, right? And I think that's another thing, and it's it's like, where did, where does the Yankees front office end? You have a guy like Cashman. How many times has Cashman sold at a trade deadline as well? Like, there's also that. you got to think history-wise. Cashman doesn't have a history once. of selling at the deadline. Exactly, that one and I think there's also that, that. Yes, and they yeah, went. And I wouldn't trust him. Blood. I don't trust him. <laughs> I do not trust him to make a good deal to make good deals either, which makes it so much worse. Um, it's it's a bad situation for the Yankees this year. It's unfortunate timing with that injury. So the yeah. next thing I wanted to touch on was Hal Steinbrenner speaking to the media last week, and I think Derek, I think you're a great person to talk about this because you could be pretty honest about it without um there's no you don't really have any skin in the game for this one uh house time goes on the michael k show gives an interview i think he did oh he said oh some of the things that i agree with obviously other things i didn't uh the biggest talking point coming out of the in, uh interview was that hal says he doesn't understand why three weeks into june the yankee fans are so upset i think it's a bigger issue than that but uh Derek, as you know, obviously an outsider to the Yankee Nation, you're not. Do you think the Yankee fans are overreacting right now by acting like the sky is falling? Three weeks into June, this is, we're so doomed. Or do you think there's like actually some legitimate uh, legitimacy to that feeling? 
this feels a little bit like when with some people in the Red Sox fan base now, where they're just like complain about everything. Where I'm not saying Yankees fans are doing that, but like there are some Red Sox fans that are just like, why are we at five hundred? We're the Red Sox. Like we should we should be winning a World Series, and it's like. And and, I, and and the same thing, like, Yankees fans do kind of the same thing at times where it's like, we're the New York Yankees, like, we should be winning World Series. We shouldn't be, you know, in a wild card spot. And is part of it kind of, you know, a little bit of of privilege almost comes from a little bit of privilege? Yeah. And, I, I mean, I've done it too at times. I'm not going to say I'm like, the, I'm, I've done it too, like, I'm like, the Red Sox, just, I'm like, the Red Sox should be better. I, I've done it before in the past. Like, Red Sox should be better than this. They deserve to be better than this. So the Red Sox. Like, they don't deserve, like, they should not be this bad. But, like, I, I think the thing with the Yankee difference between the Red Sox and the Yankee situation is the Red Sox are in a long-term build kind of right now. Now, they started it when they brought in Bloom, which was back in 2020. But we know what the plan is for the Red Sox and why they aren't, you know, World Series contenders right now. We know why that's a thing. With the Yankees, they, their expectation was, hey, we're we keeping Judge, we're bringing Rodon, we're pushing for a World Series. We just fell short in the ALCS against Houston. We're going to get over that hump, and we're going to go for a World Series. I think that was the expectation for the Yankees this year. So different than the Red Sox expectations, right? So when it comes to that, when it comes to the Yankees failing to meet expectations so far, yes, it's a disappointment. Is the sky falling? As much as it may seem like it, like, Yankees still aren't out of it, right? They're not in the worst spot you could possibly be. Does it suck? Yes, sucks for Yankees fans that Aaron Judge is injured. Sucks that you're not in first place. But it goes back to the whole discussion of can they be a wild card team? Like, they still can, right? And I think that's the thing. If you look at it from a little bit more optimistic side of things, you go, as much as it sucks now, like, there's a lot of things going wrong for this, for this Yankees team. If some things start to go right for them, you start, if Aaron Judge comes, maybe Aaron Judge comes back a little bit earlier than expected, or Giancarlo Stanton starts to hit well, or Rizzo and Torres and Mayhew, they all start to play better, right? I think you can kind of see okay, where things maybe start to look brighter for the Yankees. And I and maybe Carlos Rodon comes in and pitches at some point, right? And that's been a big con- thing of contention for Yankees fans, and Carlos Rodon you know, has been injured all year. He comes back. If he looks like the Carlos Rodon we've seen in San Francisco the last couple years, uh, like, the Yankees are getting a guy who's a borderline ace. And they could really use a guy like that. I mean, every team could. And it, so, and when you talk about the overall picture of Yankees wanting to win a World Series, like, when you look at teams who win World Series recently, like, the Yankees are set up pretty well. But when you look at this thing, whole picture for the Yankees, and you look at, you know, like they have those pieces. They have the pieces. You have your, you have Aaron Judge, who's your MVP caliber position player. You have Garrett Cole, who is your ace. If Carlos Rodon is healthy, you have a guy who's one of the best number twos in baseball. So, like, they have those big pieces if those guys stay healthy, right? They have those big pieces, which it's a, it is kind of a big if right now if the Yankees can get those guys back. But if they can get those guys back. If the supporting cast, and not even the supporting cast of the guys like McKinney and Bowers, like guys like Rizzo and Stanton and and those guys and Torres and Lemayhu, if they start playing better than they have, like you can see a legit scenario when the Yan- where the Yankees can get themselves back into a discussion of you. I, at least I can see a scenario where it's like where the Yankees maybe go on a little bit of a run and you go maybe they're not going to win the division, but do you want to face them in the playoffs in a wild card round if they have Cole and Rodon? Like, I wouldn't want to, especially if both guys are going well, and then maybe a 
put on top of them in like a game if it gets to game three then you have your choice of Severino or Nestor Cortez like if if you're so a team that might have to play the Yankees in a wild card round do you really want to play them if they're healthy and they're going well because I know I don't I wouldn't want to I'd rather play another team that you know doesn't have that kind of especially pitching staff in terms of rotation when everyone's healthy so it's not all doom and gloom for the Yankees. If you look at it through a little bit of a positive lens, you'll see that, you know, it, the season's not over. We're not even at the end of June. The tr- When we get to the trade deadline, it'll really, when we, where we stand at the trade deadline, right before the trade deadline, will really show what the Yankees do. But I think overall, um, it's not the end of the world yet for the Yankees. Not yet. But they still have to continue to win games without Aaron Judge. So I think it's fair to feel that the Yankee fans are overreacting early on. Like you said, it, there's, that's a deep rotation that's going to be scary in a short series. Uh, they have the resources and the ability to make moves if they need to make moves, and we haven't seen them whole yet. So there's a lot to that where, yeah, I mean the fans are overreacting. But I think where Hal makes a mistake is he says he doesn't understand why the fans are upset. And the fans are going to be upset because this is a team that's underperformed for a long time now. Um, you're, we're seeing our rivals win World Series. And so the question is, is why aren't we winning World Series? And um, so he, the fans have every right to be angry. The fans have every right to be upset. And we place blame. Everybody, Yankee fans place blame in different places. Uh, the fans like me that are right blame Brian Cashman first and foremost and kind of Aaron Boone and Hal Steinbrenner are just kind of there. But the Yankee fans have every single right to be angry. I think Hal has to accept that. Just, yeah, I think there should be a, well, it's still early in the season. Have patience. You haven't seen us whole yet. So... That would be my take on that point that Hal made. Just I think he probably could have worded it a little better. I think I know what he meant, but it came across very poorly. Um, I think there's the other issue kind of with Hal was he loses credibility as he starts talking about things like, you know, how Derek, you mentioned earlier, Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers, how well they've been playing. Well, sure, you can say, look at these great finds that we had, and they're playing so well, but they weren't your first options, and they really weren't even your second options. They were guys that were forced into roles that are playing really good right now, but you're not going to rely on long-term. They're not you know, they're not the type of guys that are going to, again, be an impact player on a World Series team. Not to say they can't have a good series, but they're not going to be the guys carrying you there. Um so I think Hal just misses the point because he kind of mentions how the Yankees are always hurt. It's like, yeah, you all are always hurt. There's something wrong with the way you're putting together a roster. Now, Major League Baseball teams, every team deals with injuries. That's so I don't want to say there's teams out there that aren't getting hurt, but there's different ways to be able to sustain those injuries, get past those injuries, and maybe even avoid some of those injuries. Like with Aaron Judge right now, if we're saying if the Yankees know – like, we don't know. They haven't said anything. But if the Yankees know, if the Yankees know that Aaron Judge isn't coming back till September 1st and that he might need offseason surgery, I would say just get the surgery now. Just get it over with um, and let him be ready for next year. Like, 
to me, that's how to handle these injuries. Like, yes, we're, we're unfortunately we're going to have to punt on this season and lose Aaron Judge, but we're playing the long game. And I think that's also part of what Hal kind of thinks of the Yankees, and I agree. The Yankees are playing for September. They kind of take it that we'll, we'll make the playoffs no matter what. We're trying to manage our figure out a way to manage our roster so that we're hot going into the playoffs. And I think that's that's the other point that I wanted to touch on. And we've kind of Hal says in this interview that it's just you make the playoffs, and if you make the playoffs, your odds are just as good as anybody. Anybody can get hot and make a playoff run, which is true, but you need to be able – there's ways you can do to – things you can do to increase your odds in that playoff run, which the Yankees seem to be missing. So I think that's an organizational philosophy with the Yankees where they think – Oh, we can just get in and get hot. So we're going to manage for September, make sure everyone's healthy for September, October, and then we're going to get hot. Um, I think it can work, but I don't think that's the way to go about it. And I know, Derek, because you're a big analytics guy, and the Yankees' whole thing is that the analytics break down in and once you get to the postseason. But we're seeing other analytics teams succeed in the postseason. So the, their analytics aren't breaking down. So I really want to get your take on that perspective that the Yankees are kind of throwing out there. I think that, like, the thing with analytics breakdown in the postseason, like, you can't be... This is this is the problem with the whole, like, analytics breakdown in the postseason argument, is teams that don't use analytics also break down in the postseason. Teams that use a mix... There's only one team wins the wins the World Series. Only two teams can make it to the World Series. Teams break down in the postseason, right? It happens regardless of what your philosophy is. I like I've I've said this the whole time. Like as analytics are great and they're very helpful, but at the same time you cannot be fully a hundred percent reliant on them. It has to be a mix of analytics and old school feel and all the other different variables that go into it. Like there's a mix and you have to find that right mix. Um, and the teams that find the right mix are normally the ones who do better. But at the same time, sometimes there are teams that are just like an absolute wagon and you just can't stop them. Um, it's teams, you know, you look at teams like, I'll use perfect example, the 2018 Red Sox felt like at times it felt like that team couldn't be stopped. Didn't matter what you did. Could not stop them. That's how it was at times with that team. But then you also have teams, you know, like, I don't know, the, you have a team like the 2021 Red Sox where they had times in that season, they look like they shouldn't have been anywhere close to the playoffs. They went to the ALCS, right? Like, some, it is, sometimes it is just getting hot. Sometimes it's just having a really good team and having a really good process. And and sometimes it's a mix, right? You cannot... I One thing, like I said, I felt this about the Rays heading into the postseason last year. The Rays went into the postseason last year cold, and they got ousted by Cleveland in the wildcard round, right? Cause they, and, I, and I didn't have a great feeling about them because they went in cold. Right, I still thought the Rays were going to be fine at the end of the day because I believe in the Rays. I mean, I truly do believe what the Rays have going on, but there was a little bit of concern because, like, the Rays' last series, they got swept by the Red Sox, who, as much as you, yes, 78 and 84, still last place. And, like, the Red Sox were awful against AL East last year, so there's also that to it, too. Right, so there, it's you have to have the right mix of everything. Going into the postseason, you can't go into the postseason cold. You got to be healthy. Hopefully, you got to have guys, you know, not falling off a cliff once you get into the postseason. Sometimes it's a weather thing. Some there might be some guys who just don't do well in cold weather. 
and maybe that's what slows them down. Like, there's so many different variables that go into it. You can't really just say, up oh, the analytics aren't working, or this isn't working, right? And as much as the Yankees may want to say, just get into the postseason, all these variables say, as much as getting into, just getting into the postseason is important, you can't just say, we'll just get in and figure it out when we get there, right? I always say, the first thing is just figure out a way to get in, because once you get in, anything can happen. And, but that's more because you can't win your division without clinching a postseason spot. Because if you win your division, at the very least, you're guaranteed to be in the postseason. So get in first and then have a plan for when you get in. The, it feels like the Yankees have been, we're going to get, let's get in the postseason and then almost like figure it out when we get there. And it just can't be like that. Because as much as you want to say, you know, even if you want to say everyone's opportunity is the same. No, it's not. Two teams don't play in the wild card round, right? Two teams get home home field advantage in the division series. Two te- one team gets home field advantage in the ALCS, and one team gets home field advantage in the in the World Series, right? So there are always advantages and disadvantages to things, um, but like it's not you know there's what what is it twelve teams in the postseason. It's not a fair shot between all 12 teams. Some teams have better chances than others. It's what do you do with that chance that matters. And if you're the Yankees and you go in, or if you're any team and you go into the postseason, just like, as long as we get there, we'll have a chance. Like, it's not the right mentality. The right mentality getting into the postseason is, all right, we're in. Now we got to get something done. We can't let it go to waste. So my advice, Hal Steinberg mentions in this interview that he doesn't listen to sports radio or podcasts or read the newspapers about the Yankees or how he's doing. If Hal Steinbrenner were to listen to anything, it should be us because I've been very defensive of Hal Steinbrenner and I've been very fair of Hal Steinbrenner. So Hal, I've been nothing but fair and defensive of you. Like I just said, I have advice for you. My advice for you is to stop is to not worry about how you win and just to go do it. Like We've talked about how the Yankees are kind of trying to be the smartest guys in the room, trying to prove that they can win the way the small market teams win. No, man, you're the Yankees. Go out and be the big bad bully in the room. You're the biggest monster in Major League Baseball, and or at least one of them. You can just go be that. Like You can go pick up contracts and dump contracts. Um, and when I say you can make you can make the big splash. We've seen over the years the Yankees seem hesitant to make the big splash in the offseason. They seem hesitant to make the big splash of the trade deadline. They don't want to give up the big prospects that never use or never work out. But we've seen, you know, the Houston Astros, I know they won the World Series, they made a big splash with Verlander. Uh, the Red Sox made a big splash with Chris Sale in twenty eighteen. Um and just J.D. Martinez. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So you just go out there and be the Yankees. Be the big bad monster. Push all your chips in the table and go all in. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. And again, to Hal, I don't like when fans compare him to his father because he's clearly not his father. He's a completely different person. I think Hal Steinbrenner would much rather still be running the Steinbrenner family owned American Shipbuilding Company. And he was just the CEO of American Shipbuilding Company didn't have to run the Yankees and be in the spotlight. I think Hal would much rather appreciate that. So don't go be your father. You're Be Hal. Be the smart guy. Step back 
and just be yourself and work on your flaws. You're going to get the best out of yourself when you are yourself. So don't worry about the comparisons to your father. Just go out there and do it your way. And I do think the Yankees can be successful if they are ever start being run the way they should be. Um, but uh, that also does fall back, though, to someone who both of us have had our criticism of. That does fall back to Brian Cashman. And, you know, it's it, when it's time to win, you can't be scared to make a move. You know, you can't be. As much as, you know, the Dave Dombrowski hurt the Red Sox in the long run, he, he did what he was brought in to do. As much as some Red Sox fans, you know, don't like the, reper- reper- the repercussions of that, which I'm not a big fan of the repercussions of it because we've kind of had to go through this kind of retooling phase and building up of the farm system, but he got what he was brought in to do, and he brought the Red Sox to World Series. If you're Brian Cashman, your job is literally bring the Yankees a World Series. Find whatever way is the best way to do it for the Yankees and go and get it done, right? Don't just – you got to pick. Are you the Yankees of? And we don't want to sign big contracts. We don't necessarily want to save our pros. We don't want to really trade our big prospects though, and they're kind of just a little tentative. It's like make a decision, go and do something, right? If it's signing a big deal, go sign the big deal. If it's trading a top prospect and bringing in a piece, go do that. But don't just kind of sit on your hands and kind of wait for stuff to come. Make minor moves. Minor moves aren't always the bad. Aren't always bad moves. But times there are there comes a time where you have to make a big move. Can the Yankees make that big move? That's the question. And will they pull the trigger? I don't know if they will. When's the last time the Yankees have pulled the trigger on a really big move? Giancarlo Stanton, was it? Like, And that was just bailing out Derek Jeter. Like Derek Jeter went to the Steiners and said, I'm never going to be able to run the Marlins under this contract. Please just take him off of me. That's... I, I don't think that's what that was. Like Stanton said, I'm only going to be traded to the Yankees or the Dodgers and maybe one other team. I don't remember who that was. I know the Red Sox um, were in on him, but they didn't really like they didn't push as much as the Yankees and Dodgers did. And Luke can say whatever he wants. I remember when that first happened. He was like, oh, the Red Sox are going to trade for Stanton. Red Sox are going to trade for Stanton. We're going to get Stanton. It only lasted a day or two, but I do remember him saying that. Um. Yeah, that's the Yankees' problem. Man. Just go all in, be the Yankees, and don't be afraid to make the big moves. Don't be afraid to push all your chips on the table. Go all in. So the thing like is, if it doesn't games, work, it doesn't work. But at least you tried, right? Right. Exactly. The fans aren't going to complain if you did you do that. Um. So we like to play games here at Bleacher Brawls, and you know we have different games. So I today we're going to play two games because it's out of um one number one relevant. We're going to play Cuddle Mary Trash. Uh, as we all know, Aaron Hicks, it appears that maybe his career wasn't over and he was just trying to get kicked off of the Yankees. He's trying to get DFA'd. He was trying to be taken off the team. Uh, he goes to Baltimore. He's actually playing pretty well right now. Um, whether or not that holds up all season, we'll find out. So that's what the Cuddle Mary Trash is going to be right now, Derek. Uh, does Aaron Hicks continue to perform at this level? Does Aaron Hicks finish the season but obviously not keep up at the level he is? Or does Aaron Hicks finish the season on the IL or DFA because he couldn't keep it up for at all? He's not going to continue at this level. He's, I mean, what, he's got like a 900 OPS with the Orioles? Like, that's not going to continue. Like, it's not. 
Like, I, I remember, I brought this up with you, John. I said, hey, Aaron Hicks is streaky. Like, but you can get on a hot streak. It doesn't happen all the time, but, I mean, anyone can realistically get in a hot streak, too. Like, that's a thing, right? So, at the end of the day, like, for Aaron Hicks, he's on a hot, he's on a hot streak. And it's a little bit of an extended one, but it's a hot streak, right? He'll eventually cool down. Now, I don't know if he'll be as bad as he was with the Yankees. Um, but the Orioles, they're really just, he's there until Cedric Mullins is healthy, and then... He probably falls into a bench role, most likely. Um, so, overall, like, the most likely scenario is that he just kind of fits into, like, a bench role, I think. Um, and he just kind of finds his finds a role as, like, a fourth outfielder for the Orioles. Uh, then I, So, um, and then the second most likely is he just gets, like, DFA'd or injured. And then the least likely is the fact that he just plays amazing, which I don't see it happening. I don't see it continuing I, for an extended period of time. Yeah, exactly. I trash that he continues at a good pace um, because it's. I I'm shocked if he finishes the week going at this pace. You know, so as much as Luke's taunting the Yankee fans right now, Aaron Hicks is not going to keep up with this. So that's the trash. He's not going to keep up this pace. I will cuddle that he continues to contribute at some level and stays on the major league roster i can see it as a possibility that that will work out and i will absolutely marry aaron hicks gets hurt or dfa'd because more likely aaron hicks gets hurt because the way aaron hicks is playing right now through my experience with aaron hicks when he's doing really well and he's on a hot streak then he gets hurt so i think it's very likely that aaron hicks this hot streak ends with Aaron Hicks getting hurt and ending up needing shoulder surgery or elbow surgery or hand surgery or whatever it is that Aaron Hicks always gets hurt with. So Aaron Hicks is in, I think that's the Mary for me. He's going to end up finish the season on the IL. So we're going to talk another Yankee favorite. And I say that sarcastically, uh, Josh Donaldson, Kind of the same deal. Does Josh Donaldson finish the season with the Yankees, whether it be starting or bench roll? Josh Donaldson, do they just say enough's enough, DFA him and just eat the contract? Or does he end up on an IL stint and just kind of finishes, quietly finishes off his Yankee tenure on the IL? What What's wacky about this is I don't know if the Yankees have the balls to just say, we're just going to cut ties with them. And that, that $25 million contract, I don't know. I, I I just don't know if they have, like, like, I feel like a little bit of that kind of tentativeness from the front office where it's like, well, we're paying him $25 million. We don't really want to eat, just eat $25 million. But at some point, eating $25 million is better than putting Josh Donaldson on the field. Um, I think most likely he's going to get the IL stint, the kind of phantom IL. Then he'll get, like, another chance to come back. Um, so in ter- I guess I'll marry the IL stint, but I still think he finds his way back at some point and how he plays then will decide whether or not he gets DFA'd. So I guess I'll marry the IL one, although I don't think it'll be a season long IL to be like a phantom IL. He'll eventually come back and then they'll decide what to do. Then I think, uh, cuddle him getting just like DFA'd or put in like a deadline deal where the Yankees just like eat all his money for like a player to be named later or something like that and then I'll I'll trash the idea of him being a contributor on the Yankees team because I don't see it yeah so for me I am 
I am trashing he... Wait, no, hang on. I am trashing that he gets DFA'd, and I am cuddling IL, because that's just hopeful thinking, and I am actually marrying finishing the season with the Yankees, because kind of like you said, I don't think Brian Cashman is going to admit he's wrong. Like If there was so much fan backlash on Josh Donaldson and Cashman could play can say he doesn't listen to it he doesn't listen to it no he listens to it and I think if the Yankees really aren't competing this year which you know we'll see how that plays out but I think he's just Cashman is going to be stubborn I'm like no no I'm going to finish the season with this guy and that's why how I think it's going to play out and now the last game we're going to play who gives a buck so we're going to switch games right now we're going to say who gives a buck because it's that time of year where you hear all kinds of rumors and you see all kinds of stuff. And I saw an MSN.com article today, I believe it was off of MSN anyway, where there was this proposed trade of Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians. Yankees get Shane Bieber and Rosario. I'm, I'm blanking on his first name. I'm thinking it's Eddie Rosario, but Ahmed, Eddie Rosario is not. Ahmed. Ahmed Rosario, Ahmed right. Rosario. Eddie Rosario, was that, like a movie character or something? I don't know, whatever. So Ahmed no, Rosario, Eddie Rosario's on the Braves. That, okay, there you go, there you go. So Ahmed Rosario and Shane Bieber for Jason Dominguez, who Yankees fans know this prospect, the Martian, we all know who he is, and Spencer Jones, who is another big guy like Aaron Judge, kind of called the left-handed Aaron Judge uh, in the Yankees farm system. So uh, Shane Bieber and Ahmed Rosario – for Jason Dominguez and Spencer Jones. Derek, you, this is up your wheelhouse. You're kind of the Bleacher Bros expert on these kind of things. How many bucks do you give? Is this a realistic thing with 10 bucks, or are you just laughing it off with one to zero bucks or somewhere in the middle? I don't think it's like the worst trade I've ever seen um, in terms of like when we start looking at like the legitness of the trade. Um, like value wise, it's pretty even and i actually just ran it through baseball trade values and it's uh it's 42 yankees get 42 in value 42 in value the uh guardians get 41 um so like it's there in terms of value i think Yankees probably still have to give up a little bit more um just in terms of because you're getting beaver's pedigree of being a cy young winner albeit in 2020 but i mean it's still cy young um and, but he has been a good pitcher too besides it's not just 2020 where he was good either uh that's the thing and Ahmed Rosario yes expiring deal but I mean Guardians could also ask more because the Guardians could be looking at the Yankees and be like eh, maybe you need a shortstop who's actually producing and we have a guy so yeah you're giving up more um but it's not like the most outlandish trade I don't think the Yankees do it um but in terms of like value I don't think it's the most outlandish thing ever um but I'm going to give it a three just because, like, at the end of the day, I don't see the Yankees making that move. And with the amount of starting pitching problems the Yankees have had in terms of trading for a starting pitcher, uh, Frankie Montas, any, ring a bell, anyone? And Carlos Rodon, like, the last two starting pitchers they acquired have had injury problems. I don't know if they really are going to be in the market for getting a guy and giving up what it's going to take to get uh, Shane Bieber, I don't know if the Yankees really want to do that, considering, like I said, considering Frankie Montas, that trade did not work out at all, and getting Carlos Rodon, yes, it's six-year deal, things can turn around, but so far, he's been injured for the entirety of that contract, so far, albeit it's only been really, like, three months of regular season play, so, I, I don't see it, but I think a three, because it's not the most outlandish thing in terms of value. 
See, I saw that and I immediately shook it off as a zero box. I just don't think it's realistic. Kind of like what you said. I think the Yankees have whiffed on starting pitching so many times that I just don't want to see it. Um, Rosario is a good hitter, but he's a right-handed bat, which isn't really something the Yankees need, especially kind of making that deal, too. Because, again, are you going to give up two potentially good contributors for a right-handed bat that you don't really need because you already kind of an infield log jam and a pitcher with an expiring contract, too? Right, exactly. It just to me, it didn't make any sense. And now I'm not opposed to trading Jason Dominguez or Spencer Jones in the right deal. That just to me, that wasn't the right deal. So I saw a lot of comments while Yankee fans were saying, "Let's do it, let's do it," but to me, it, I I would be very hesitant to make that. Deal. I don't think it's a good deal for the Yankees. Like the only reason I'm giving a three is because the value does kind of match up. It's the only reason. But in terms of trade for the Yankees, no, it doesn't really make sense. Um. But, like, Ahmed Rosario is negative .2 F4 this year. Like, he hasn't had a great year this year on it. Like, he really hasn't. And Shane Bieber's a guy where, like, yeah, he's been good, but, like, he has his concerns. And and it's a little bit weird for him um, because this year it's 369 ERA, uh, 413 FIP. Um, but like, he's just a guy where like, I, as of, like, as of right now, I do have some concern because it is a down year. The FIP is down. The strikeout rate, if you look back in recent years in 2021, it was 33%. Uh, it was a strikeout rate and that was over 96 innings last year, 200 innings. It was at 25%, which is still very solid this year. It's down to 18 and a half percent, uh, his strikeout rate and the walk rate jumped up 2%. And so like. There is some concern there, too. Um, and a similar guy, Dylan Cease, who, you know, I don't know if he's been mentioned with the Yankees in terms of trade talks, but he's another starting pitcher on the market. Like, Cease has some underlying number concerns, too. So, like, in terms of if I'm the Yankees, I wouldn't do the trade. Because, one, I don't really think it's a great fit. And, two, I do have my worries about Shane Bieber. Because you are, what you're giving up, you're trading for him as if he's a top-of-the-rotation guy. And also, too, remember the Luis Castillo trade package that the Reds got from the Mariners, right? That wasn't that was more than anyone thought they were going to get, too. Luis Castillo, at this time last year, had about the same trade value that Shane Bieber has this year. Castillo got the Reds a lot more than people expected that the Reds were going to get. So you also have to Is consider it fair, that. Though? Because I had Luis Castillo, I tagged him as such a better pick. Like, not to say that Bieber isn't. Good. I just don't. I guess I view Castillo as like at least a notch above Bieber. Like, in just my opinion, I, I do. You, do you view that differently? You view them as kind of equal. I think last year at that at the at la, uh, through last year they were in similar kind of points, um, but with this year, I think Castillo's definitely put himself a notch ahead of Bieber, if not two notches. I think last year they were closer. Um, and remember, Bieber had a very good year last year, 288 ERA, 287 FIP, just overall very good year. This year, the numbers have dropped, and like I said, the K rate dropping too. Like, there is concerns with Bieber. So I think this year it's a little bit different, um, but like you also do too at the same time. It's like it's only half a season, so like his trade value isn't going to drop like tremendously. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get that Luis Castillo package. I think that Luis Castillo package he's not going to get, but what I mean by that is like, Whoever does trade for Bieber might give up a little bit more than what people are expecting because when you, Luis, Luis Castillo was expected to 
get a good return for the Reds, but not the return they got. The return they got was far exceeded expectations of what they were going to get, right? And that's what I'm meaning, is that says Dominguez and Jones. You look at that trade, maybe the Yankees, if they were to do it, maybe they have to give up another prospect, another kind of, like, decent value prospect. Not as high up as Dominguez or Jones, but, you know, still a guy who does have value. That's what I mean. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, um, that's that for tonight. So that basically means the Yankee fans that are jumping at this trade, just pump the brakes. I, it's probably not the ideal move for the Yankees. So we're going to wrap it up there. We've covered a lot. Uh, the Yankees, I mean, who knows what we're going to be talking about this time next week because there's so much up in the air for the Yankees. There's so much question marks. So please come back next week because we're going to have a lot to talk about. So many things we said tonight might be moot. Uh, otherwise, we might be coming back and referencing things we said. and See, I told you so. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting week. Um, I'm John. Derek, any final words? Any final thoughts as we close it out? Um, I'll shout out my column come out, going out uh, tomorrow on Um I am doing a column covering three of the players across Major League Baseball who I think are the most underrated. And... That's more kind of my perception of what people perceive them and how I see them and who I think is truly underrated. Um, and it could be a guy who maybe some people think is an all-star, but maybe I think they're MVP caliber, right? Or maybe some people just think they're not that good, and I look at them and go, they're better than you think. It could be, it might be a wide range of people, but I think we, I have uh, three guys that I've specifically picked out. Uh, that I think are very underrated. So make sure to check that uh, out. And who knows, maybe one or two guys on that could potentially be a trade target for your favorite team. We'll see. <laughs> that's, see that's what I'd like to hear. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I can't wait. Um, we're going to end this, Derek. This is good timing because the expansion series of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and Arizona Diamondbacks is about to start, and I know you're going to be locked into that one. So, um, obviously, we're all we're – all, every single person at Bleacher Brawls is rooting for the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. How often do we all root for the same team? And tonight, all of us are rooting for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, with that – um, very unbleacher brawls like we're all rooting for the same team tonight because we all hate Tampa. Um, let's go. Also check out me and Pat's bleacher bums column on the D backs that went out this past Monday. Yes. Yes. That just went up too. So, uh, let's go diamondbacks. Let's go Yankees. I'm John with Derek. Have a good evening. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.